can't can't <laughs> clarify this enough. <laughs> Lock your grandparents in the basement. You are not prepared. Then you couldn't look. There was no internet to look the shit up on. Everyone loves Dick. Are uh, you Dick Grayson? <laughs> what? Did we just become best friends? Yep. to What an Oddcast. I'm Jared Minikheim. With me as always, Anthony, the handyman, Denny. Hello there. Mm. Today, here on Oddcast, we are finishing our... Let me make that a correction. My... (laughs) One of my favorite bands ever. And I will die on that fucking hill. Eat my dick, you hippies. Anthony, how do you feel so far with Pantera now that we're in the final stretch? I feel like they've had a wacky adventure of life with music and all that. Out of all the bands that you could possibly look into their history, this band had one of the most influential and short-lived careers ever in the metal community. And don't forget the glam metal. See that's the see that's the thing. When it came to Pantera, like w- when you look at other bands that had the kind of impact that they had in forming a-, a generation of metal that came after them, you think of like Metallica or Black Sabbath, Maiden, Priest, like these dudes that are still touring now and still making albums. Yeah. But then there's Pantera that were only around in the 90s when they hit their fame and when they actually had an influence on the culture of metal. It was only that time. And then they were never heard from again. But they had (laughs) the same amount of impact that Black Sabbath had when they first came out in the 70s, unleashing metal onto the the mainstream world. Now, before we get into it, I do want to go ahead and acknowledge all the sources I've had for this entire series. Uh, it really just comes down to the same few sites that I got everything from because they were the ones that had the most detailed information. Because uh, again, as we've as we've talked about before, like you can choose to only go on Wikipedia, but Wikipedia doesn't give you everything. Even when it gives you the details of what you're looking for, there's still a lot that gets left out. Just gonna point yeah. that out. <laughs> Just going to point that out. So, first up, I want to say thank you to RevolverMagazine.com, Blabbermouth.com, MetalHammer.com, and of course, Loudwire.com. Mainly because Loudwire, they they have hundreds of fucking interviews. Their whole bread and butter is rock and metal, so there's tons of interesting shit you can find listening to their interviews, their Wikipedia fact or fiction things they've done. Uh, and then, uh, like, Revolver Mag, Blabbermouth, and Metal Hammer have had, like, a categorized, like, this is what this album was, this is how the art cover was, and interviews from those years and things like that. So there was a lot of digging I had to do, and uh, those are where I got all the information, and I just wanted to get that out of the way right off the top. Yeah, it's always good to cite your sources. It Almost as if we need an in-text citation. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I still have those videos, Jared. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest? I believe the sentence was Is that America's sweetheart, Ryan Seacrest? <laughs> Which not only dates the video, but also shows that our jokes have always been as they are today. Yeah, you know, it, uh, looking back at our old high school things we did, um, our humor has not changed. It is still dumb as fuck. Uh, it's just our unique brand, I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> so anyway, we last left off. Uh, the band was on hiatus uh, after a shocking onstage overdose by Philip Anselmo on heroin. Correct? Oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot how our episode <laughs> ended in such a bleak matter. Thank goodness it can't get any bleaker. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Um, Jared, I'm just this is the top. I'm just gonna say, audience, I'm gonna do my best to make jokes, but I'm not making light of the situation. Oh no, things are gonna get very, very dark by the end of this. So, if you're somebody that that is easily put off, uh, this is probably not the episode for you because uh, it, it's gonna get really dark, really sad, um, very quickly in the end. Uh, but before we get into all that, I, there is one fun story from their touring in 1996 before that overdose happened. Uh, and it's actually, uh, they were on tour, they were in Chile, and this comes from Loudwire.com. This is actually, uh, they did a thing called Epic Rock Tales, and there's a lot of funny fucking stories they get about artists. There's quite a few about Ozzy that are just off the wall and fucking great. Uh, but this one came from Rex Brown. It was uh, when they were on tour in 96, 95. Uh, they went to a Kiss show, and they had been on they had been on the stage before Kiss was, and <laughs> they were huge Kiss fans. And Dimebag carried around a suitcase, and he would carry all like the Kiss makeup art kit with him. So, right, <laughs> being fans, they painted themselves up like the members of Kiss, and they stood up top and they watched them do their show. But then they saw all the people down in the crowd saw them, and they were, like, pointing and shouting. So they're like, yeah, no, we had to get the hell out of there. So then we went back to the backstage, and we drank our beer. And all of a sudden, our one of our tech guys comes running in, and he's like, you guys got to come see this shit. So they go out there, and there's just giant, he as he put it, black piles everywhere. And we're like, what the hell is this? He's like, this is all the hair from people that tore it out in your <laughs> mosh pit when you guys were on stage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, Rex's immediate reply in this was, man, that's just not right, you know? That's just not right. <laughs> yeah. Jared, you're a man with longer hair. The, 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 the fact of how this story ends is fucking insane, because they would have had to have pulled all of their fucking hair out. Fucking like, insane. I couldn't imagine that. <clears throat> like, damn. Oh, no, that had that to hurt like hell. Uh, Would you like your hair pulled or pull out your own hair for a Pantera? No. No, no, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't, I don't think I would do that. I was like, no. No. I don't think I will. Um, so <laughs> uh, but anyway, they ended up getting kicked out uh, because then what they decided, they got their hands on some gasoline and they just started lighting the piles on fire until they got really big. And then they were immediately removed from the show. They were asked to leave. <laughs> oh, man, there's a giant pile of hair. What do we do? Uh, light it on fire or some shit. And they did. <laughs> Dude, and burning hair smells bad. Like, have you ever burnt hair before? I have. It's fucking awful. There's going to be some Dude. more burnt hair coming up, too. Burning hair and burning piss are like the worst smells I can smell. Burning, I don't think I've had the pleasure of burning piss, but burning hair, definitely terrible. Uh, I once tried to pee out a fire and, who? Yeah, it I can't not imagine. Smell good. Pee by itself is not pleasurable. I can't imagine. Anyway, <clears throat> so the band, uh, as we stated, you know, there was the overdose with Phil on that tour. Uh, that ended up shaking up everything because, you know, they, they knew he had a heroin problem. They didn't realize it was it was that bad. So they go on hiatus, you know, let figure shit out. Uh, this goes on for about four years from 1996. They, they go on hiatus for about four years. Uh, the Abbott brothers, Vinny and Daryl, you know, they were they were fed up with Phil's drug use and his aggressive attitude because, you know, on stage, off stage, on touring, like he was he was being a fucking dick. Uh <clears throat> You know, it, you're in that heroin mindset. You're an addict. You're just grumpy all the time. You just, you're not the same person. And they were getting fed up with it. Um, yeah. But uh, Phil didn't stop. Uh, he actually revived down the band that he had started before. Uh, so he was going out on tour doing all that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you know, the Abbots, Vinny and Paul, they kept stockpiling riffs and melodies, and Rex joined in with them because he ended up leaving down. Uh, to go focus more on Pantera again. And they all just started, like, coming up mm -hmm. with things for a new album. And, uh... Yeah. So, in 1999, they finally confront Phil. They're like, hey, man, this is an issue. We haven't been acknowledging it. 
We haven't had the time to deal with it. You know, we've been making albums. We've been on tour non-fucking-stop for for about 10 yeah. years. Like, we get it. But they, they confront each other. They settle the issues. Phil's been sober. Like, he's getting sober. He, like, he's getting better. And they're like, okay. And so they all work together. And uh, they go on to work on the next album, uh, which sadly would be their final album. Phil says, uh, Me and Dime worked together closely on making this one. I was a breath of fresh air being sober. And me and me and Dime worked very closely on how this album was going to turn out. And uh, the boys, uh, when they go back to making this album, they go into the album on the mindset of they want an anthemic lyrical album. Like, they want the album that people can memorize and sing along and shout along with. Like, that's the kind of album they want. And, oh, uh, they didn't just want to hear, like, no, okay, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and a fun fact of like when they were making this album, the each member actually handpicked about four or five songs out of albums that they had done before, and to try to like see like what did they like best, what was what was the parts that they liked, what songs that they feel were better, and they used that to make this new album, uh, which right. honestly put them in the mindset of a vulgar display of power or cowboys from hell mindset. It, it was very much like we're going back to basics. What did we like? Like, Great Southern Trend Kill was a thing, but that was more, they were telling us to do one thing, and we said, fuck you, and polar opposite. Let's go back to what we, what we know how to do. Tracks like, Revolution Is My Name. Uh. Did you get a chance to listen to that one? I swear to God. Uh, what if I said no? Yeah, I did. Okay. And what? And what were your thoughts? Uh, it was. It was good. You know, I probably wasn't. Oh, it's raining outside. It just keeps lightning outside. Um, guess I'm not the water the lawn anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Um, I wouldn't definitely, probably not one of my favorites of Frantera, but still a pretty good one, I would say. Uh-huh. Uh, well, that whole song, do you do you have any clue what that song might have been based off of? Um, no, I am an idiot. Uh, well, the the more basis for that song was more dealing with... Uh, well, pretty tell to me and our audience. Well, if you wanted, uh, the music video explains it a bit better, because uh, it shows... It shows Dimebag back when he was a kid dressing up like Kiss standing in front of the mirror. Uh, it was basically like they grew up during the 70s, like whole, all of Vietnam and things going on. So the whole song was about like when we were growing up, there was like, you know, you have fucking Vietnam and shit going on. Like the world was fucking insane. So the only thing we could do was we could focus on our music and try to drown out fucking everything. But on top of that, uh, you also had songs uh, like one of my personal favorites off the album, and if anyone disagrees, I will tell you the lyric of why it's my favorite, one of my favorites. Uh, the song Uplift, uh, which is a song that oozes Pantera's attitude, uh, especially because one of the ending lyrics in it... Yeah, that, that personally one of my favorite songs off that album because it just, it has that Pantera ferocity that we heard, you know, as they as it's put like back in Vulgar Display and Power, like this ferocity of like we are who we are, like I don't give a fuck. Uh, it was more along those lines. Uh, but overall, is it because is it because <laughs> to say that the, about their asshole specifically? <laughs> yes, Anthony, you are absolutely correct. How did you know? I mean, who doesn't love a good asshole? Uh, I'm going to walk away now. <laughs> Just kidding, folks. Um, but no, so overall, the album uh, was an in-your-face Pantera-style mosh fest. Uh, it's the best way I can put it. Like, every song was meant to be something that got you pumped, got you going. Uh, you know, because then there's a metalhead anthem song on this album called uh, Goddamn Electric, uh, which was a full-on... <laughs> 
<laughs> it was a full-on Metalhead Anthem song. Uh, it name-drops uh, Black Sabbath and Slayer, uh, which actually, fun fact, Anthony. Uh-huh. Go ahead. <laughs> With the song Goddamn Electric, the outro uh, the outro guitar playing is actually performed by Carrie King of Slayer. Uh, Kerry King, uh, he was leaving, he was walking off stage on Ozfest, and uh, there was this guitar rift he'd been playing, so the band got a hold of him, and Dime was like, man, I really like that thing I heard back at Ozfest, like, is there any way you, we could get, like, a variation of something like that? I feel like it would go really well to outro this song. So, Kerry King, uh, <laughs> he sat in the bathroom, I, I shit you not, this is what it said, he sat in the bathroom in the back of Ozfest and recorded some riffs and sent it to Dime. Was like, how about this? Huh. <laughs> like, he got done doing his set and just sat in the bathroom like Dime would do. And was like, yeah, we'll do some of this, some of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, but overall, the album's kick-ass. Uh, it's only ten tracks. It, it was. It's a short album. Uh but it, it doesn't diminish the fact that it was a beast of a fucking album. Uh, you know, it covered it, and overall, uh, the album cover itself actually catches you off guard. I don't know if you've seen it, Anthony. Um, can't say that I have. Well, it caught me off guard when I was growing up and I first saw it because it's a dude in his boxers, right? Jumping through a giant ass fighter, a uh, giant ass fire with a bottle of liquor in his hand. That sounds pretty metal to me. It's very metal. Yeah, do you want to know? Do you do you want to know how they happened to get that picture? Uh, who 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 did it? <laughs> you can thank Phil. Uh, see, Phil is throwing a, a party at his house, right? And things get kind of crazy. Get a couple drinks, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Uh, one of the guys decided to jump through the giant ass bonfire he'd made. So, uh. Phil pulls over, pulls over his friend Scott Caliva, and he's like, "Take a picture of this." So he does. He captures a picture of this dude jumping through the fire, a bottle of wild turkey whiskey in his hand, and that was the cover album picture. Was probably just... drunk beyond all belief. Oh fuck, dude! The the size of the flames. And then to see, like, that wasn't, like... Because I was thinking, like, oh, is this, like, the Photoshop thing? Like, they do with Vulgar? No, that was straight up a dude jumping through it. So it had to be a giant-ass fucking bonfire that this dude was just willy-nilly running through. Amazing. Anyway, so the album comes out. Uh, it reaches number four, top 200 um, in the U.S., uh, but it reaches number two in Australia. Ooh. And then, uh, you know, releases March 21st, 2000. So it does well. It, it doesn't come out and people are like, oh my God, they've lost their way. This is terrible. It's not like the Great Southern Trend, Gil. <laughs> 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 And, and for anybody who likes Great Southern Trent Kill, I'm on your side. I'm not saying I hate that <laughs> album. <laughs> I am on your side. I'm not saying it's a bad album, but when it came out, Southern Trend Kill was seen as like, what the fuck is this compared to what they had done before it? Uh, <clears throat> but this album puts them back in, and people are like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, they've, they've got back this groove like they used to have. Like, I'm so excited to see what happens. Uh, and the boys head out on tour. Uh, one, and one of the fun things that happens with this tour, Anthony, speaking of burning hair earlier, <laughs> there's a fun fact about this tour. Oh, I'm excited to hear. <laughs> Yo, you're a hairy man, right? <laughs> I am a very hairy man. 
ladies. <laughs> what happens when you get too close to fire, Anthony? I don't know. I don't get too close to fire on account that I'm uh, a hu- I'm basically a candle being fat with a wick all over my body, and I would probably combust rather quickly. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so they use so much pyro. They use so many pyrotechnics on this tour. Vinny's arm hair got burned off while drumming. Damn. <laughs> it was a fun fact in there. Like, yeah, they just used a fuck ton of pyrotechnics and he burned all of his fucking arm hairs off. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't take much. I mean, I burned all the hair off my hand once just by uh, fucking around with the grill. You've seen the pictures of Vinny Paul. He was not a, a hairless man. No. Yeah, he burned all his arm hair off. Uh, but, you know, you think... Uh, I mean, you know, considering how the reception went, you know, and they're they're on another tour, the album peaked pretty well, considering that it's metal. Um, and this is in 2000, so you know there's like Eminem and things starting to come out. That's getting more popular instead of things like Pantera. But they still hit number two, number four, so they're still doing well. This tour went great, right? Right. Gotta, it's gotta be great. Nothing bad ever happened to Pantera. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> this tour Lie to was me, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> this tour was doomed from the get go. So first off, Phil had started a haunted house uh, back in New Orleans, spooky, uh, <clears throat> called the House of Shock. Now, when he was when he was working here, yeah, uh, I couldn't find what the actual incident was, but there was an incident at the at the haunted house, and uh, he broke a few ribs before uh, they finished up recording <laughs> and going on tour. <clears throat> How do you break ribs in a haunted house? Did he fall? What was your theory? Uh, honestly, I think it was that he probably slipped and fell somewhere trying to set something up. Uh, but anyway, he's injured, so he had to struggle with that on tour. But he, you know, he pushed through because is what Phil does. Um, but uh, it didn't end there though, because on top of Vinny losing his arm hair, Phil's got some broken ribs. They're drinking like fucking crazy. Um. <laughs> Oh, and uh, there's one more thing Probably I forgot drugs. to mention. <clears throat> one more thing I forgot to mention about the making of this album. Terry Date was not involved. Oh, no? Why not? I'm glad you asked, Anthony, because um, how Terry Date put it was that he was an older man. He was older than them. Uh, Pantera had a reputation for drinking a Fuck ton. To put it this way, Dimebag Daryl had a reputation, and I actually met someone who got to go backstage uh, back in the 90s with them, and uh, he confirmed it, that as soon as you get backstage with them, the first thing that would happen is you'd be handed a bottle of liquor, and you're told you had to finish it before you were allowed to leave. Damn. Yeah, they were heavy drinking. But Terry Date, the way he put it, he, the reason he didn't have anything to do with this album was because he's like, I'm just an older guy. Like, I can't drink like them. Uh, he said that a lot of what they were drinking was their signature drink called the Black Tooth Grin, which is based off a line from Megadeth, uh, off the song Sweating Bullets, and it smiled with his black tooth grin. I'll put the, I'll put the clip in. But anyway, <clears throat> that was a signature drink. It's like, I've looked it up before. It's like C. grams, something else, and a splash of Coke. It's 90% alcohol with a splash of Coke. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they put it in like a little glass. So it was like a splash of Coke in there. And they would just down them. All right, don't worry, don't worry. I got it. Oh, here All we right. go. <sighs> black tooth. Grin, drink recipe. We have uh, uh, is cra- uh, Royal Crown and uh, Crown Royale whiskey and Seagram's Crown whiskey and Coca Cola. Yeah, they, yeah, they were putting like double shot of each of those and then a splash of Coke and they down them. Uh, uh, do you want to know how to make the, learn how to make the blowjob shot? <laughs> Let, no, let's not let's not get into shot talk, Anthony. But <laughs> so, if you would like to have a signature Pantera drink while listening to this series, there you go. Um, but Terry said he would he would like they would down theirs. He'd throw his over his shoulder, 
Dime would see that, and he'd immediately come over, make him a double, and tell him, you gotta take your medicine now, or it's gonna be worse later. He's like, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> like, I'm older than these guys, I don't drink like they do, I could not, I could not. <laughs> I could not keep up with them, I could not handle it. I, I wished them, I wished them all the best when I left, but like, I, I just can't drink like that. Fucking kill me. Hey, sometimes you gotta know your limit. Exactly, Terry Date did know his limit. Um, but, uh, going back to where we were here, um, so you have Phil with his broken ribs, and then he's burning his fucking arm hair off, but this happened in, uh, this album came out in 2000. Anthony, what happened the next year? Um, I what happened in 2001? to Las Vegas. Um, oh, jeez, you're gonna make me say it, aren't you? Oh, I'm gonna make um, you say it. Nine so eleven. <laughs> Nine, eleven. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I don't know. This sounds really bad out of context. Cheers for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so nine eleven happens. It cuts the tour short. Uh, and the way they put it is, they were in Ireland at the time. Uh, so they got stuck in Ireland for over a week trying to get back. Uh, and then they did, but then the band goes on hiatus again because, like, our tour got cut short. Flights aren't going to be going anywhere. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like. We're not going to start making a new album because we just did an album. We like, like what the fuck? So the band goes on hiatus again, and uh, Phil goes back to doing down. Yeah, like, like seriously, what ended up happening is, like, they they took a break. They're like, okay, well, we got to let everything die down. Like, the country's in turmoil. You know, we, we got to take the break. So they do, but then instead of getting back to ma- doing anything with Pantera, Phil's like, well, in the off time, I'm just going to go back and do down. <clears throat> so, the Abbott brothers wait and wait and wait. Wait. Many months later. So much later that the old narrator got tired of waiting and they had to hire a new one. Uh, then he says, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we just waited and uh, then we see more tours and then that tour ended and then we see another tour. And that tour ended and we see another tour. So we just went, well, guess he's not coming back then. And, guess not. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that he continue, you know, down continues to be a thing. Rex gets pulled on, uh, and he joins in for a little bit. I believe, if I remember correctly, I think he left shortly after. But he did. He went on to do that for a bit because it was music, it was the only thing going on. And uh, really, I mean, it comes down to you know, Vinny and Dime. Like they don't want to just sit there and do nothing, right? So Vinny and Dime, they start a band called Damage Plan. Ooh, yeah. They they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Then we're gonna start our own side project. <laughs> if Phil's going to just keep doing this, then fuck it. We're going to do something. So they do that. Um, now... I'm going to give a fair warning to everyone. This is where things get drama, drama, drama. I mean, it, it was already bad, so I can only imagine oh, how get, worse it's going to get. It gets so bad, Anthony. This is where the sad parts start to come in. Uh, basically, what happens here is Vinny would call Rex, and he would be like, Hey, did you hear what your buddy said? the other day and because phil was doing interviews but here's now this is a controversial opinion about how this all went down to the saddest shit that we're gonna cover of any band i swear to god this is where it all starts to come into play of the tragic things that happen but my point is phil didn't want to talk about pantera 
because there was a whole feud between him, Vinny, and Dime that they hadn't really reconciled anything. Like, they kept arguing about when they were going to start. And Phil talks about the Vinny and Dime wouldn't call him, and they weren't talking to him. Uh, he, The way he had put it before, he was like, oh, they send their errand girl, but I don't want to talk to her. I want to talk to them, and they don't want to talk to me, so until they want to be men, I'm not going to talk to them. So then Vinny would call Rex and be like, Rex, did you hear what your boy said? And then Rex would be like, why is he, why is he my boy? Because I'm in down with him? <laughs> like, the only reason I'm over here is because we weren't doing anything, and uh, I don't know, I want to do music too. So the, the like they all four of them start to eat each other alive while they're apart this way. <clears throat> and then we get I mean fucking honestly th- this shit is so hard for me to go over because this just gets so bad and it is it is one of those things of it led to the biggest tragedy. <clears throat> So, as I said before, Phil blamed Vinny, Vinny and Dime for being hard-headed and angry drunks. In an interview in the beginning of December that was released back in 2004, Phil went on a full-on fucking rant. I mean, like, full-on rant. Because he kept getting asked about Pantera, and he got pissed off. And if there's anything we've learned from any part of this series, it's that when Phil gets mad, he is a bull. D- he he <laughs> he is a bull that you've taped back the nuts on, and now you've just set free in a town. It's gonna kill everything. That is Phil's anger type. And at this point. He'd been being asked about Pantera for over four years. And he's like, you know what? I'm fucking done answering these goddamn questions. It's been about four years. I don't give a fuck. So he goes up. I honestly didn't write down the entire interview because it is so full (laughs) of just hatred and the kind of things you say when you're just really fucking mad. For example, he called out Diamond Vinny as being angry drunks that would belittle him and beat him all the time and would always basically just ride his ass on tour all the time and he couldn't take it anymore so he had to step away and then if you look at Diamond Vinny they say the same thing about Phil because he was on heroin and you know they had accused there had been some accusations being flung out that Phil had left Pantera because he was back on heroin to which Phil replies that that was the dumbest shit he'd ever heard because at that (laughs) point he'd been sober for three and a half years and that he hates the fact that that's the first thing everyone jumps to. And well, I mean, uh, not to interrupt or anything, but maybe you shouldn't have done heroin. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have killed the guy. But we all just move on, don't we? <laughs> so this is the this is the part that crosses the line to where God, the, uh, he. This is how the interview comes to a close. There is a couple more lines after it, but this is the part that. <clears throat> Dime needs to be severely beaten physically. Ooh. I can't do it because he's such a scrawny man that if I were to hit him, I'd fucking kill him. But I think he needs to severely be beaten for all the bullshit that I've had to put up with. <laughs> That's a cool and kosher. And he ended it all on, and I will never speak of Pantera again. Meanwhile, Dime and Vinny had started Damage Plan, and they were out on tour, uh, which is another thing that Phil had brought up that their first album released in February of that year, and he called them out as being ballless, basically, saying that they were just doing it to do it, and that they didn't have any musical influence behind it. <sighs> like my, you have to forgive me, folks. My heart's kind of going up here because this is. This is this this is this is something that like if you're a, if you're a fan, I think I mean even if you're not a fan, this is just terrible. So Phil puts out that interview, comes out in early December. December eighth, El Rosa Villa nightclub in Columbus, Ohio. Damage plans playing on stage. It's a lovely crowd. Everyone's loving it. 
Because even if it's not Pantera, like, man, you're getting to see Dimebag, you're getting to see Vinny, you're having a great time, you're having a couple drinks. Oh, yeah. A fan of Pantera... I, I, I put this in fucking quotes, because... Mm. Yeah. A fan of Pantera named Nathan Gale attended that show. As he watched the show, he was very, very mad because Pantera was done. Like, there was no way in hell they were getting back together at this point. And Phil had just released that interview blaming the Abbott brothers for everything of why everything went wrong. He walks on stage unholsters a pistol and begins firing at Dimebag. Dimebag is killed on the spot. Three other attendees jump on Dime to protect him and try to stop the gunman. All three are killed. Nathan Bray, a fan who is just attending the show, crew member Jeff Mayhem Thompson, and another crew employee, Aaron A. Hulk, all three are shot and killed for trying to defend Dimebag. Officers respond on the scene and approach stage. Guns in hand, obviously. There's a fucking shooter. Nathan hides behind the amp, tries to reload his pistol, and a shotgun is fired, killing Nathan. December 8th, 2004, is forever a tragedy in the day of history. Of metal or any musical genre, because it is the day that Dimebag and three brave people tried to save his life and intervene from a severely mentally unstable person who believed that it was Dimebag's fault Pantera broke up and took his life. Damn. Just, and I will tell you all, there is video from the night, but I will. It is very fucking uneasy because he he, he comes from the back side of the stage. Like no one's even looking at him, which is which is the part where like he was in the crowd, and you know they're mid song. He sees his opportunity. You see him walk in from the left and immediately open fire, and he kills Dime and the three other people. Just immediately, he just unloads his entire clip. After this moment, <clears throat> Vinny swears off music entirely, doesn't want to do anything, which is understandable. Not only did you just watch your bandmate and the person you swore to only do music with for your entire life get shot and killed in front of you, but you've just lost your younger brother, and you had to watch it happen. Nothing you could do. Mm, yeah, that's... It's fucked. Phil, obviously realizing that uh the words he had said very likely and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame I'm not gonna fall in the, in the boat that Vinny hopped on which is that it was all his fault it was all of their faults I'm that guy it was all of their faults that they broke up it wasn't one specific person said this or that they were going back and forth for fucking years because Vinny would say it was Phil's fault and then Dime would join Vinny and be like well yeah and then Rex would chime in of, like, what the fuck is going on? And then you have Phil blaming the Abbott brothers. It was a clusterfuck of everyone blaming each other over bullshit. Literally just over, you drink too much. Well, you did heroin. Well, you drink too much. It was that back and forth for three fucking years. And this is the yeah, one... It sounds like... This is the one fan who was mentally unstable, heard what he took out of it, and did something that was unforgivable. Phil tries to go to the funeral, uh, Dimebag's funeral, uh, which does not go well. Did, did not go well at all. Uh, Vinny immediately attacked him and threw him the fuck out, told him he was banned from coming in, wasn't allowed to pay respects, couldn't be at the funeral, nothing. Vinny wanted nothing to do with him. Basically, uh, Vinny blamed him 100% entirely for what happened. There was no doubt in his mind that what Phil said was what caused Dime to get shot. So, Phil made an apology video. It's very, uh, you know, it's very emotional. But it was him doing, 
what he could to give his respects and pleading Vinny to let him come to the funeral uh, didn't go well. Vinny, to put it to put it this way, Vinny never talked to Phil again. Ever, they never once talked again. If Phil tried to call him, I, he would hang up the phone. I can only imagine. So Phil goes on and he continues on with down. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what to do. And like most musicians that are like them, where they have to do something or they feel like they're dying, Phil put all his time back into music. He's like, well, fuck it then. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Rex take, took a personal leave. He just kind of stopped being in the light of music at all. Just kind of went off to do his own thing. The song on that last Pantera album, I'll Cast a Shadow. Anthony, I believe I had you listen to that one correctly. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh. Yeah, it's, it's misfortune. <laughs> the song "I'll Cast a Shadow," and now, I mean, considering everything that's happened, uh, it has two different meanings now. But when they first made that song, the lyrics of song was about because it was 2000 when that album came out they had seen all the metal bands that were coming out so you had your slipknot you had corn marilyn manson you had fucking uh anything in the in that time range they saw that they had such an influence on everyone that was coming up in that generation that that song was about even when pantera is gone we've already made our mark like Everybody's already adapted to what we've made metal. So we cast a shadow no matter what. But uh, considering Dimebag's death, that song was like a... It was a bad omen. I mean, and I hate to say it, but his death did cast a shadow. It did, in fact. It did indeed. Uh, He was... I mean, he was shot on stage in the middle of a giant... In the middle of this club full of people. Phil filled with fucking people because as soon as everyone knew you know heard Dimebag and Vinny they're like oh fuck yeah we gotta go see that it was packed packed from front to back and this dude uh Zach Wilde of Black Label Society uh he was also the guitarist for Ozzy there in the in the early days uh he made the song in this river the door is closed again, the only one left This storm that's broken me, my only friend, yeah. And this river also fades to black In this river ain't no coming back In this river also fades Which, uh, the whole song was uh, him reflecting his pain and sorrow because he was best friends with, uh, with Dimebag. That was, like, him and him and Dime learned guitar off each other, like... Because, you know, obviously Dime had listened to Ozzy, so he knew Zach Wilde was a fucking badass guitarist. And all... And this is the thing. Every guitarist they got to meet Dime had a respect for him. Because even though he was younger than them, he hadn't been in the music game or doing as much as they had... The shit he was able to do with the guitar, everyone took notice and took notes and wanted to do stuff with him. And Zach Wilde was one of those people that is a badass fucking guitarist. He's an awesome fucking guitarist. And he immediately saw the talent in Dime and they became best fucking friends. Uh, so In This River was written about how he tried to deal with the loss of Dime. Um, and for anybody here who's a fan, I don't really give a fuck if you are or not. Avenged Sevenfold. They came out later on. They had a heavy influence by Pantera. 
uh, their song Betrayed on the album City of Evil is directly about the events of what happened to Dime. I smoke and gun it in. Now don't you realize what you've done? Put a bullet in his back. Your hero since you were so young. How could you kill the man? Help our salvation through your pain. It must mean sense yeah i sent anthony the lyrics before clip in for everyone else i mean the whole song that's what it's about um which shouldn't be surprising considering again that every fucking band that came out in the late 90s was directly influenced by pantera just because of the impact that they had on that scene uh and even the song like we'll grind that axe for a we'll grind that axe for a long time uh being on that last album that song was another one about You know, like, look what we've done. Like, we'll keep grinding this axe. Like, we'll keep coming out with new shit that's going to keep inspiring the next generation. Like, fuck this shit. Metal shouldn't have to conform to anything. And, and that's Pantera's legacy overall. That's the influence that they had on everyone that came after them. Every single band had something that they'd pulled from Pantera. Since 2000, Pantera never worked together again. After Dime's death, Phil and Vinny refused to talk. Years go by. Vinny refuses to make any music. Uh, and I mean, again, you know, he lost his partner in crime. He lost his fucking brother in front of him. Like, you can't, can't blame the guy. Yeah. But then in 2006... Another little band that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s called Mudbang. I personally have been. I personally like Mudvayne. Not everybody does. I like some of their stuff. I like some of the early stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a mix for me, but I I haven't. I do enjoy them. Anyway, the lead singer Chad Gray. Uh, Chad calls up Vinny one night, and he's like, "Hey man, I'm thinking about putting this band together. Would love to have you be a part of it. Grew up being a fan of yours. I'd love to have you be a part of it." And uh, Vinny turns him down a lot. Like, they're a lot. <laughs> like, but the way Vinny puts it, <clears throat> he caught me up. He caught me off guard one night. I just had the right amount of wine, and he asked me about the band again. And I looked up at Dimebag's records, all lining with seal, all lining the wall of that studio, and I just said, fuck it. All right. And thus, they begin recording their first album, the self-titled debut album of Hell Yeah. And this was Vinny back in the music scene since that night with Dime. He hadn't done anything. And they even recorded the album in their old, in Dime's old recording, quote unquote, jam studio, where they recorded Great Southern Trend Kill and Reinventing the Steel. The way I've heard the, the way I've heard them talk about it was Vinny said it was his way of letting go. Like, you know, Dime's not coming back. 
I'll never get him back. This is me letting go, but in his way. This is how he would do it. This is how I'm going to do it. And uh, the song the song on that album, Thank You. So many things that I didn't say. Is it too late now that you've gone away? So many words, so many ways. Was them was their tribute to everyone that had helped them, but wasn't with them anymore. Uh, I know Chad Gray had his grandmother that had inspired him and encouraged him throughout his musical career. And uh, Vinny, you know, obviously dimed. Like he wouldn't have done any of it without his brother. Huh. Uh, Hell yeah, made five albums with Vinny. Then uh, <laughs> you think the sadness is over? Uh, you're mistaken, because Vinny Paul. Passes away due to a massive heart attack June 22nd, 2018. Two years ago today. Correct. Phil, uh, he's since reconciled with Dime's uh, ex-girlfriend. Uh, they actually ran into each other at a, at a down show. He just She was there with some other band. They ran into each other, and they made up. She's like, you know, it wasn't your fault. You know, it was... Everybody was being a shithead back then, and everyone said things that they didn't mean. And I'm, I'm, I already know that if Dime was alive, he would have wanted everyone to make this up. So she forgave him. They've made up. Uh, but Vinny, again, never, never once ever did he want to have reconciliation. Like he didn't even give a fuck, because the way most people saw it was like, oh, she forgave him, so like maybe Vinny will. And then the rumors started coming out that Zach Wilde was in talks to 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 take up lead guitar. Rex was on board, and they were going to do a Pantera reunion. But Vinny kept shooting it down, being like, "No, I want nothing to fucking do with Phil. If Phil's not a part of it, then maybe. But I want nothing to do with him." But sadly, with the passing of Vinny, it's it, guys, it's not going to happen. Like I know, I know there's people that are big fans like me that are like, man, that would be kind of neat. Like Zach Wilde, like that would be interesting to see. Well, Vinny's gone. So Rex and Phil had both stated that, uh, without Vinny, it's dead. Him and dime were the soul of Pantera. And without either of them, it's Pantera's dead. It's not a thing anymore. And that is, uh, Sadly, folks, that is where we leave you. I don't have a happy ending in all of this because Pantera's ending to their history was not a happy one. Oh, not always it is. Such is life, and I'm sorry to all of you uh, if this made you sad in the end. But uh, feel free to go back and listen to any of Pantera's old albums. And, like, these guys have been a huge thing for me since I was a kid. I know people that are older than me, obviously, that love them. I know people that are younger than me that I've gotten into Pantera. There's just something unique about Pantera. We're like, they're just... Pantera, to me, they have this unique ability when you listen to it. They tap into a different part of your brain than other music does. And that's what was always their kick, is that they were just able to reach a different part of you. And... You don't have to like every song. There's always one or two songs that somebody's like, oh man, fuck yeah. It's just how it works with Pantera. Like, it just is. They hook somebody somewhere. But rest in peace, Dime, and rest in peace, Vinny. I, I'm sad as fuck that you're both gone. I mean, Dime, one of the greatest guitar players that's ever lived. And anybody who wants to argue that can eat my fucking ass because everyone's in a fucking agreement. That he was fucking badass. He was damn good at what he fucking did. And Vinny wasn't a bad drummer either. Like, Vinny was fucking good at what he did. He was really good at just mesh- meshing with whoever was going to play guitar and getting the beat that was 
precisely what they were looking for. They were one-of-a-kind musicians, and one of them was taken way too fucking soon, and the other... Man, old age, man. Shit happens. Yeah, I'll get you. Uh, so, and, and, man, that's Pantera. Phil's still out there doing his thing. Rex is out there doing his thing, but uh, that's all she wrote, folks. So, uh, what do we do to lighten up the mood a bit? Absolutely nothing, because in life <laughs> there is death. Um, but no, uh, you know, it's Pantera. You know, I, I'm a big fan, always will be. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that overlook Reinventing the Steel, because being that last album. But, like, seriously, just go back, like... I highly recommend that album. Like I really fucking do. I it is so overlooked in the cat and the catalog of their albums. Like I know a lot of people like they get to Great Southern Trendkill and they're like, okay, they're losing me. Like go to Reinventing the Steel because it it was back on track to what you heard before Great Southern Trendkill. Um, man, I don't, I don't, you know, you know, yeah. But uh, we do yeah, have, I, uh, <laughs> I do have an announcement. Um, so things are going to be a bit different on the channel here. Uh, just so everyone kind of knows what's going on. If you made it this far, or maybe you tuned out and killed yourself because it was too sad. At which point, I'm sorry. I can't help it. But, uh, sorry, dark humor. Uh, so, <laughs> so we have our main episode today. Uh, Thursday. It's going to be a bit different. Um. Normally, we would have Odd Chat come out, but uh, there's something very special being done this week that you guys will be able to see in a couple of weeks here. Uh, because of that, uh, we're going to be showcasing uh, Anthony's show. Yeah. Anthony, you want to tell folks what they might be able to expect? Um, You can expect terrible jokes, blast from the past, and the world's first furry. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's something special coming down the pipeline. Uh, I've been posting, you know, the teaser hints on our uh, on our Instagram, Oddcast Network. Uh, so you can go over and check those out. Uh, by the end of the week here, you're actually going to know what it is, because I'm going to be <laughs> officially revealing <laughs> a cover. <laughs> a little project we've been tossing around for a year uh, that's finally going to come to fruition. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, and you won't see me on Fireside either, folks. I'm sorry. I know I can hear the booing right now from the people who... <laughs> from people. Because I get it. Like, I'm on every show. I've become the face of every show, making sure things run. But don't worry. Fucking brag about it. <laughs> well, you know, like, it's just what I do. But don't worry. James is still there. James is still running it. Um, I'm going to make sure that he does things correctly and he doesn't fuck around like he likes to do sometimes. Yes, I'm calling you out, James, you son of a bitch. Um, but uh, yeah, so Fireside will still be there live Saturday on YouTube over on uh, the Adaptive Creations uh, YouTube channel, like it always is. But I won't be there because, as I said, uh, later this week we have something different we're doing and it's taking up my time. And I had to take a break because I, I can't. I'm only one man, and everybody wants me to do something different, and I gotta just pick and choose. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, this week will be a bit different, but don't worry, there'll still be an episode on this channel. It'll just be CLT, and if you've already listened to the CLT, then I don't know, don't worry about it. Then just come back next week. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you, what? Um. So yeah, keep your eyes out for all that at Oddcastnet on Twitter, OddcastNetwork.com, OddcastNetwork on Instagram. Anthony, anything you want to add? Um, no, uh, not really. Uh, meep. Meep. Meep, meep. Uh, go check out CLT Sandwich. CLT, uh, <laughs> <laughs> CLT Sandwich on uh, your favorite podcast. Uh, CLT underscore Sandwich? Yep, on Instagram and Twitter. Now, there you go. Uh, CLT underscore Sandwich all there. Uh, hit us up at oddcastmedia.gmail.com if you have any comments, concerns, or what the fuck ever. I don't give a shit. Oh, and also, go check out our patreon.com slash oddcast, uh, because we have some new tiers that we added in uh, where there's some special little goodies you can get. 
uh, you know, something that we set up, uh, something I've been spitballing for a while and uh, just hadn't really done it because I'm just lazy. <laughs> I, just, I just have it. But there, we have some new tiers there. You can go check that out. There's some, like, stickers and a mug and bags. There's stuff on there. Um, so go check that out. Uh, but we'll see you guys next week, and we'll see you CLT later this week. And uh, I think that's all I've got to say except Anthony. Yes. Stay uh, Stay happy, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>